Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you're doing well. My week was a bit crazy and wild, uh, mainly because on Tuesday, I attended Sonia in Your City, the variety show that Miss Sonia Tremont Morgan has been putting on in a few select cities up and down the East Coast. If there was one word I could use to describe it, it would be just unhinged. (laughs) I mean, oh my goodness. Sonia came out in one of the shortest dresses I have ever ever seen. And she was pulling her dress down probably once every 12 seconds. (laughs) And I mean, it was a it was a good show. It was it was funny. Um, There was some improv skits. There were two MCs, these guys that were kind of like helping her move through the show. It appeared that they had done a lot of rehearsing and she just kind of does her own thing regardless of what was rehearsed. (laughs) I mean, some of the skits were cute. Like they brought three people onto the stage to try out to be one of Sonia's interns. Um, Another time she brought a couple to the stage, um, went through their iPhone like messages to each other and then gave them sex advice. (laughs) And I mean, speaking of sex advice, it was a pretty raunchy show, even more so than what I would have expected just from watching Sonia on The Real Housewives. She (laughs) had, like, at one point pulled out this large rainbow dildo and was like saying things that this lesbian couple had told her about masturbating in the shower. I mean, she's just is all over the place. Um, I had a good time. Um, but something that really made me laugh is when we lined up to get photos with her, because I got a VIP ticket, so you get a photo with her. I'd never done something like that before. And <laughs> so we're like lining up, and there's this guy holding her purse, and he looks really familiar. And I recognize him as Matt, one of the Karen's like business associate or assistant from season three of The Real Housewives of Potomac. He's especially in that really, really wild scene where Karen has a press conference in a hotel room and there's no press. <laughs> Anyways, so he's there and I'm starting to put together that he is sort of 
the body man for whichever real housewife is in the D.C. area at any given moment. Because when I met Margaret Josephs in a hotel lobby a few months back, Matt was there as well. So I see him and I immediately go, oh, Matt. (laughs) So he thinks that he's supposed to know me, but he doesn't. And I don't know him. (laughs) I just have seen him on TV. And he's like, oh, hey, how are you doing? like, great. And he's like, you look great. I'm just like, you are so full of shit. You have no idea who I am. Anyways, that was uh, pretty hilarious. And when we go to get a picture with Sonia, we're told by people in her camp, you know, be fine as long as you don't shout in her ear. Like who's going around shouting in her ear? So I haven't posted the picture because it's not very good. I don't look that great. My friend Jody doesn't look that great. And Sonia doesn't look that great. So I'm trying to see if I can get one of the professional photos that a photographer took. I DM'd her to get it and it hasn't come through. So I will post whatever I can um, in the next few days. But It was definitely pretty funny. Now, the highlight of the evening was that me and my friend Jody were seated next to a mother-daughter duo from North Carolina who had come in for this show. And the daughter's 20, and The Real Housewives of New York is the only Real Housewives uh, show that she has seen, the only show on Bravo. And her mom is a huge Bravo fan and has seen all of the shows. So this daughter goes to college in Charleston, South Carolina. And they proceed to tell this very funny story about how the daughter is out at a bar and she meets none other than Whitney from Southern Charm, who is trying to hit on her and her friends and invites them back to his house, which is really his mom, Patricia Ulchel's house. So... (laughs) This girl agrees to go because she's with her friends and she's like, my mom would kill me if I didn't do this. (laughs) So she goes to his house. Patricia is asleep upstairs and Whitney proceeds to take out his guitar and like sing for them. (laughs) So funny. And she's taking videos with like the dog peaches and, you know, like she doesn't really know who he is or who his mom is. She's never seen Southern Charm. And this whole thing is just so funny. And the mom is like, oh, my God, I must be such a bad mom for telling her to like, of course, go with this stranger who's 31 years older than you. to his house. But um, so she ended up giving Whitney her number and she says he keeps texting her and she doesn't ever respond. She's like, you're literally my father's age. And I mean, none of this is really shocking, but it is like interesting to me that Whitney is just continuously still going after 19 and 20 year old girls. I find it very bizarre. Um, and if she would like to come on, I'll definitely uh, reach out to to her to tell the story from her point of view uh, when Southern Charm is uh, back up and running. Um, speaking of which, I really enjoyed the premiere of Winter House, which combines most of the cast from Summer House, a couple people from Southern Charm, and a whole bunch of new people. And I had a great time watching Paige and Sierra shine without Hannah there. And it's just so fitting to find out that Paige was a model in middle school for Limited 2. Now, 
I don't know how old you are let you know listen to this but limited to was like peak fashion when I was in middle school so if I had ever met someone who's a model for limited two like that in Delia's I would just you know wow <laughs> so this is so fitting and it explains so much of Paige I also remember I forgot what age I was. They had these like hot pink plaid shirts that they were selling and you could have a matching scrunchie. And remember, all of us would wear them with the matching scrunchie and we thought we looked so cool, but we looked <laughs> it was hideous. Absolutely hideous. Um, but if you have not yet watched Winter House, I highly encourage you to. It's very lighthearted. It's super fun. And I just, I laughed a lot <laughs> watching it. Um, for Beverly Hills, the second part of the four-part reunion was actually much better than I thought. I thought it would be all filler stuff, just like the Lisa Rinna um, parts, but the rest of it was just, it was, they went into a lot. And I just keep going back to something that I've said the entire time watching, which is, if I am to believe what Erica is saying right now, and I believe some of what she's saying, then I cannot believe what she has been telling me for the last five years on this show. You know, if you claim that you didn't know or you didn't have control of your money, then why did you claim to have control of your money during interviews on Watch What Happens Live, in your book where you talk about your names on that tax return too, and you controlled as much as he does? And I just wish that, I mean, if if it's true, all the things she's telling us, why not just come out and say, I have been putting on a front as if I was this strong, independent woman, and in reality, he controlled everything, and I just did whatever I wanted. Like, why not just say that? And what's so frustrating is she'll never admit that she was wrong or that she misled anyone. And it's clear that she has misled the cast multiple times. You know, she's misled the audience. She, and I don't believe that she was faithful in her marriage to Tom. When Andy asked that question, she took a few seconds to respond. And why should she be if he was cheating, you know? But not for one second do I or probably any of the audience believe that that is the reason why she filed for divorce. Because the messages that she had posted were from the year 2016, because that is the last time that July 7th was on a Wednesday or whatever it was. And if she knew that he was cheating back in 2016, why did she wait four years to file for divorce? There was definitely so much more going on. And it's just, I'm excited for the rest of the reunion because I think the questions will get tougher and tougher. And I'm ready to see the other women be a little tougher on her. I feel like they're all being super supportive. And the one person I see whose facial and body expressions don't seem to be as supportive is actually Crystal. Um, Crystal and Sutton. So I'm definitely uh, waiting to see how the next two parts go. So 
There's so much that was on Bravo this week. We've got Vanderpump Rules, Winter House. We've got three franchises of Real Housewives on at the same time. So I brought on one of my favorite people from social media, Kara Berry. She is so funny, especially on Twitter. You all need to follow her. I bring her on to chat basically everything that's happening in the Bravo universe from the Dave Quinn's new book, It's Not All Diamonds and Rosé, to Lala and Randall and what the hell is happening there, to all the housewives, Vanderpump Rules, Winter House, you name it, we discuss it. As always, if you like the podcast, be sure to go give it a five-star rating and write a nice review. I really appreciate the kind reviews I've gotten lately. Uh, You guys are so fantastic. And uh, follow me on social media at Mandy Slutsker. All right, we'll take a quick break and be back with Kara Berry. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Hi, everyone. I am here with Kara Berry of the podcast Everyone's Business But Mine. She is a true reality TV connoisseur, and I'm so excited to have her here this week. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm having some trouble keeping up with all the things that are happening. Like, how do you do it? Because you are invested in like the Kardashians and 90 Day Fiance and Bravo. And I'm just in awe of oh, you. Oh, don't be. I'm like, it's, <laughs> um, it's by the skin of my teeth. And I've had to like drop some things in order to accommodate, you know, the fact that now we're in a different year and I'm vaccinated and I have somewhat of a real life again. So um, things are falling by the wayside and I'm just barely keeping it together. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys don't follow Kara on Twitter, you are missing out and you need to get on Twitter (laughs) and you need to follow her. Both her podcast and her personal tweets are hilarious. Oh, thank you. So rather than kind of going city by city and show by show, I'm just gonna kind of just for like an hour, basically, just ask you questions and get your take on things because there's just so much happening. Um, So I want to start with the book, It's Not All Diamonds and Rosé that came out Mm -hmm. this week. Have you been following the launch of this book at all? Yeah, it's been a um, kind of housewifey in in its own. The the rollout and the um, dueling books. It's been uh, interesting. It's been, um, and then just hearing like the clips of what's happening or what what the excerpts of what he was able to get. It's it's uh yeah, everything has been like more explosive than the next. It's it just keeps going and going and going. So. My thoughts on this are because Bravo, we know what Brian Moylan went through 
to try and publish his book and how they basically would blacklist anyone that spoke with him and how they wanted to have editorial control of his book. And so this current book, they had editorial control over. It's obvious they're the one publishing it. Um, But it seems like they had no trouble going into some of the, you know, nitty gritty, you know, things that don't make them or others look good. But it seems like most of the selling out is happening among wives who've kind of done the franchise dirty, like Bethany leaving the day before filming, LVP quitting midway through the season. Like, do you see that pattern? Or is it just me? (laughs) Yeah, they're definitely Yeah, it seems like the former housewives are going uh, a bit scorched earth, which I'm very happy about. Um, I, (laughs) I love it. Like mention it all my legs are spread. And I want to hear it. Um, Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. The thing that I found one of the things I found most interesting was the uh, situation between Andy and Carol Radziwill. Hmm. And um, how their relationship seems very, I mean, strained, I think would be probably putting it lightly. <laughs> it seems like they really don't like each other or Carol really doesn't care for Andy. Yeah, she said she had to, I guess, tell him to stop contacting her. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I did, like you say, I think a lot of us figured because this was the second book that it was going to be, and because it was like going through Bravo extensively, that it was going to be a lot more sanitized than it was. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, really loving it. And, you know, there are a lot of things or a few things rather that were not great about Andy um, that I was surprised stayed in. Like the stuff that Candace said, or are you thinking of other? Yeah, that's the first thing I was thinking of. So I haven't gone through the whole book, but I did see the excerpt that Candace said that after the fight with Monique, she wanted to talk to Andy and he never got back to her. And she felt that he doesn't care about them as individuals Mm -hmm. and that, you know, he just makes money off the backs of these women and... Yeah. 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 I thought it was interesting that she said that, you know, basically we're working to feed your son and you can't even have a conversation with me. And yeah, I mean, especially when you think of it through the lens of this happening last summer, which was already such a heated time, I, I can imagine that that only heightened Candace's feelings towards feeling kind of ignored by Andy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I find that very, very interesting. It also seems just, you know, being on the outside of this, that Andy definitely has favorites. And Mm -hmm. so it's always been clear to me that Candace is not one of those people. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and I, but still, it's it, it is disappointing. Now, I've been following the Not All Diamonds and Rose book launch party in New York that many current and former Bravo cast have been to. And there is Mm -hmm. a story from today in page six reporting that the Real Housewives of New York ladies, specifically, I think, Luann, Ramona, and Leah, had a pact to leave when Ebony showed up at the party. Right. Do you believe any of that? I believe it. I don't understand the uh, thought behind it. It seems really interesting. I mean, page six said that the reasoning for them was because they blame her for the poor weight ratings of uh, last season, which 
that was like, gosh, how dizzy are you guys? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? <laughs> um, it just seems so yuck. It's so weird, though, because I thought a few weeks ago, Ramona and Ebony had dinner. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I don't understand which way is up with these ladies. I don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Something seems super off with Roni, but I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that because I'm, yeah, there's other things to focus on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shall we jump into Winter House? Let's do it. Okay. So what are your thoughts on the format? So they've got most of the Summer House cast, plus mm-hmm. two members from Southern Charm, plus a whole variety of new people, all of whom are models. <laughs> <laughs> plus Julia's friends. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the introduction of it was so weird, I guess, because Paige is Julia's friends with Paige, but then Julia missed her flight and so she wasn't able to show up the first day and not that like it was necessary because we don't know who julia is either so you know (laughs) i guess if anything made something easier so we didn't have to disseminate who all six of these models are um but i i liked it i didn't think that i don't know i guess i i knew that there were going to be other people but i didn't i didn't realize that they were going to be as ready to play so quickly you know what i mean yeah oh i was absolutely shocked (laughs) yeah yeah and i have to say i do not like andrea okay (laughs) he strikes me as the type of italian man who spent a lot of time in the u.s but plays up Mm. like he's truly italian which he is he is but he's playing up his the fact that he's a foreigner a lot more and as if he doesn't know as much as he does about American culture. I, I fully agree. I think he is ready for prime time. He is, yeah, definitely like super Italian. He's representing himself as. And I just feel like it's so like, ugh, how old are we? I thought it was so funny, though, to watch like to see him call out Paige as liking to talk about herself mm-hmm. and calling her <laughs> Regina George. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. He was not wrong. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on Sierra compared to how she was on Summer House last season? Oh, so, so many thoughts. <laughs> so many thoughts. <laughs> I find Sierra very confusing. I think Sierra, um, you know, as we see each other as two black women, I think that Sierra has some unpacking to do with uh, the way she views herself. The fact that she is like, she said something like when all one of the times when all the girls were like goo goo gaga over Andrea, she said something like, I hope that he likes dark girls because then it's on and it's like, babe, do you see yourself like, what do you mean? She said if he likes if he's into brown girls, it's me. Yeah. No, ma'am. We don't say that, girl. Like, love yourself. So that is concerning to me. The fact that she thinks that she and Austin are in the same league is also very concerning to me. Um, <laughs> he doesn't think they're in the same league, by the way. He's very, <laughs> very much understands where she stands compared to him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's wild. I don't. I just keep my eye on Sierra. Like, I really had high hopes for her, but her. 
like devotion to Hannah was very confusing to me. And so I'm just, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I, I'm just excited to see her away from Hannah because I felt like Hannah Very stole the season from her, that we couldn't get totally. to know her, and yes. she was manipulated by Hannah in a way. Yeah, she very much needed to be separated <laughs> from Hannah, and I'm <laughs> happy to see it, and I hope we see some growth from that. Me too. Now, Paige is now separated from Hannah, and I know they still have that podcast yes. together. These people are all still friends, but seeing her on a show without Hannah... I think she she shined. Thriving. She's thriving. She Paige is smart. I mean, let I could say a lot of bad things about Paige, but she is smart and she gets it. And I think she I would say that I'm actually surprised that Giggly Squad still exists as a podcast because I, I thought that it would have shut down within six months of Hannah leaving the show. So that is actually shocking to me, but um, you know, they're probably in a deal. So there's that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think she understood clearly how Hannah came off last season and that that was a liability to her. So I think she's course correcting in a way that I'm excited about. Same. So it's also interesting to watch her and Craig on the show, knowing that in real time they're together. Right. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think they could be perfect for one another. Ooh, in what way? Let's unpack this. I think they're both, they both kind of play the same role on each other's, Mm -hmm. like on their respective shows. Mm -hmm. I think they came in as somewhat outsiders and they genuinely like being reality stars, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't think either of them have a ton of depth, but (laughs) correct, (laughs) you know, and it just seems kind of perfect. Like I think he, you know, I think he needs to be with a woman who's on reality TV because I think this is his future and I think this is her future. And both of their issues before were, you know, he would always date people aside from Naomi who weren't on the show and did they want to be on the show? They didn't shine on the show, that kind of thing. And then she'd always be with these guys that didn't want to be on TV. Mm-hmm. And I think they both want to be on TV. They want to make money from being on TV and being on Instagram and being able to do that together as, you know, vapid humans. I fully agree with you. And <laughs> I have a memory in my vault of, I guess this was when, I don't know if, Craig was dating Natalie because I think Natalie's from New York or if he was dating a different girl from New York but at the time he was talking about dating this girl and he was like oh you know I'm in New York a lot and I really like it and the vibe that he was giving me was that he sees himself and he sees a future in New York but he didn't want to leave the show obviously so there's another layer of that to me if he finds Ooh. it advantageous to be with a girl who lives in Manhattan. He's also said when he's on Watch What Happens Live how much he likes spending time in New York. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is all kind of coming together for me. I really yeah. just see, I don't know, I, I see it long term. I do too. 
Because he likes a stronger yeah, woman. He does. And he's a, quite a loyal boyfriend. He's not someone who's ever been accused of cheating. He's the only cast member uh, from season one that never slept with Catherine Dennis. <laughs> like, I think he has some <laughs> certain level of standards that would, you know, be important for Paige, you yeah. know, as someone who's like a loyal partner. Um, but he also likes to party and have fun. And, and I think she hasn't had enough of that. Yeah, and I also think that they understand each other's level of ambition, which is we're going to take the opportunities that fall into our lap, but we're not necessarily go-getters. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. every single thing that's happened to to Craig, I feel like has happened sort of passively. Mm -hmm. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think uh, Austin is watching him being like why aren't these things falling into my lap yeah you wrong know, dimple combination my friends <laughs> it's not going to work for you <laughs> it's just he doesn't have the it factor that Craig seems to have and that Paige seems to have that I'm not sure if Sierra has I yeah Austin apparently has a very different it factor which I find very confusing. But I guess we'll see more of that on the next few episodes of Winter House. Do you think that he will finally be set free from Madison after <laughs> spending 16 days in Vermont? <laughs> I mean, I guess so. She's engaged, right? I know. No, I mean, not that that really means anything. Because honestly, I think a ring doesn't mean a whole lot to Madison if she has an opportunity that she can take advantage of. But that's just my opinion. That is probably true. <laughs> Do you think that Austin actually didn't know what was going on with the Madison and A-Rod drama? I doubt that because Madison seems very loose lips. And I also think that she's very calculated. And I think that she would have given that information to the correct parties that it would get to Austin. But do you think, okay, so I actually 100% agree with you on that. Do you think he then, when it came up in the tabloids, that was the first time it had, you know, he had heard it kind of get out from the people who would know on Southern Charm? Yes, for sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah, yeah. he seemed pretty shocked at the grocery store. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and he came back yeah. and he's like, I saw my ex, like, at, you know, like one of the tabloids. And then, like, Luke was like, oh. You know, like as if that happens to all of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Luke is so funny. He's a real delight for me. I and mostly in an ironic way. Him. Yeah. Love him. Love him. Yeah, I'm from <laughs> Minnesota, and the way he talks about stuff is how so many people I grew up with talk about uh -huh. winter sports and they get yeah. really into crafts, like their <laughs> their craft of like how you start a fire and how you you know, I don't know, shave a hole in the ice and, how, you know, all the right. things that, you know, how you chop wood. And he's so focused and I just love it. And I've heard from a listener whose uh, nephew is coached by him in hockey and how lovely he is with the kids. Which, I believe that. He yeah. has like a very earnest quality to him. Yeah, I did not appreciate how Hannah was slandering him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, go through my timeline. I mean, I'm sure you did. You know how I feel. So <laughs> yeah, I felt like very early on, I was like, ooh, she's trying to like use the fact that he's a fuckboy against him when right. he's been very forthright about who he is. 
Mm-hmm. I, I fully agree. That situation still upsets me. <laughs> oh, I can't stand that woman. And so, okay, so here's a question. So sometimes when there's a person on a show that you are just so frustrated by, i.e. Hannah, you're like, they have to go. They have to go. Did you think that she had to go? Or did you think yeah. she should stay for the drama of it all? Nope. I had to go writing lists. I was doing campaigns. I was phone banking. <laughs> I was skywriting. No, Change.org. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. No problem. And, and I am not, well, I, I mean, of the spectrum of like housewives or Bravo fans that will call for somebody to be off the show. I feel like I maybe am more willing to let people go because I'm just really not that precious about my cast members. But I have never felt as strongly, with the exception of Stassi, with anybody else on Bravo that I wanted them to leave as badly as Hannah. Yeah, I could. I think Hannah is probably the strongest. The only other one I felt that way about was Tamara, her last season. Mm, I was just over it. Um, But, you know, now a lot of people are saying, oh, Erica Jane needs to be fired. And I'm like, okay, I don't like her either. But we have had very good television as a result of her being on this show. So if anything, she should stay. Agreed. Because what else are we going to get? We've already seen. I mean, how much more of Lisa Rinna's garage can we go through? You know? (laughs) God, she's one I think could go. But I don't (laughs) know if Erica would stay on the show without her. I hope she would. But yeah, Lisa can go for me for many reasons, but mostly like her whole storyline was Scott Disick and Harry's t- sauce. Like, who, <laughs> what are you getting? Sauce is like- <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a weird thing. It's so weird, so weird that they keep talking about it. She's lost all the charm for me. And she used to be one of my favorites when she joined. Agreed. I think it was season five. I mean, for mm-hmm. the first three seasons she was on, I was like, I love Lisa Rinna. She's in my top five. And I even stuck with her through Puppygate, you know, yep. which was annoying. And last season, I was disappointed that she was going after Denise Richards. But I felt that there was an underlying motive there Mm. like she was really Mm -hmm. frustrated that denise came in and was making more money and not you know meeting her not showing up in the way that that lisa was and the other women were and then now i'm just like i can't like you're not even bringing anything nothing (sighs) nothing so yeah i'm I'm officially done with her she has no purpose in my life anymore we're done do you believe erica gave all of her paychecks to tom girardi um, in the general sense of them having accountants and she gave the check to the accountants. Sure. Yeah. I just sure. have this idea in my head that like, when she got the job, he filled out the direct deposit form. <laughs> just like <laughs> she never knew where it was going. And she had you could spend money on these cards on these things. You know, but yeah, yeah, that would make sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that she gave him the money the way that most rich people give people their money, you know, like, I'm sure she trusted him. He was a lawyer. He, you know, had, you know, I I don't not thinking of this as like, a, I don't know, like, like if Teresa was giving all her checks to Joe Judice, that would be a very different thing to me. Right. 
I agree. I agree. There's yeah. so much that still doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think, like, she's not the same person she was when she married him at 27. When you're 27 yeah. and you never had any money and you're raising a young boy, you listen to what that rich man says to do, right? But then yeah. she's gotten her voice over the last six years. And for me, it's mm-hmm. it's the why would you put out a book about your life where you say, I make my own money, I pay my own glam, and then now say none of that's true, but not actually own that it's not true. Yeah, there are so many inconsistencies. Like, shout out to Sophie Ross, who uh, posted that excerpt where she said, you know, I, I make my money and, and whatever. Like, yeah, he's helpful. But she made it very clear that, like, she seemed to have agency over her own finances. Um, so, yeah, I... Oof. She's going to have a lot to sort out. And yeah, that's a great reason for her to uh, get that 600,000 check. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, So moving on to Kyle and Kathy's relationship, which I actually found was the most compelling part of Reunion Part 2 for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, what do you make of all of that? Like, just walk me through your thoughts on the two of them and the 10 years that they didn't speak and kind of Kathy now being on a show that she once really resented. Yeah. I mean, what a journey, what a journey we've all been on. It was like just wading through like the most perfect temperature water. It's just smooth and clear and bright because it's so satisfying. (laughs) Like obviously the history dark but we as housewives fans have been so invested in the underlying issues between this family it's just so nice to finally get some answers and some explanation as to what was going on and i yeah i love that kathy said what did she say something about how she doesn't even speak to her mom's Mom's friends friends. because it's so hard for her to to deal with the fact that her mom is gone That was shocking to me because as someone whose mom is also gone, I go out of my way to talk to my mom's friends. I talk to them a lot, actually, Mm -hmm. Um, over text, uh, over the pandemic. I joined via Zoom for Mahjong games (laughs) in two different localities. (laughs) I taught them all all how to play Mahjong online. Um, (laughs) It's like... hilarious um (laughs) and yeah it it's just like a way to feel closer but for her it feels like she truly hasn't processed her mom's death despite it having happened a long time ago yeah and it really really pulls into focus the paris of it all for me anyway um it it really explains a lot and their ability to compartmentalize this family has always been very fascinating for me Um, so yeah, I just thought I, I loved to, when she said like, she hadn't seen so many of the clips of Kyle talking about their estrangement over the years, because I mean, she just saw them over this season and, and how difficult it was to have to deal with Kathy's or Kim's journey with sobriety and the fight, you know, that infamous, you stole my goddamn house fight. Um, yeah, oh, just chef's kiss i have chills just talking about it (laughs) i think that family is so interesting that the more that we can keep that as a thread throughout 
Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, the mm-hmm. longer the success of the franchise. A thousand percent. People say that so much about New Jersey with Teresa, but it's like tenfold for me with Beverly Hills and, and the Hilton Richards sisters. Oh my gosh. I'm actually just now reading House of Hilton. <laughs> oh, I haven't read it. It's like on my list. It is. I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's because I don't want to believe some of the things that are in there. But I'm like, I'm also used to reading books where things are very well sourced by journalists. So you can constantly like, while you're reading it, click on the uh, because I read on my iPad, you know, click on the citation and you know, okay, it was from this interview on this day with this person. And a lot of it is being painted this picture. But I'm like, how do you know that these things happen? How do you know this is what was said? How Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. How do you know? And I'm probably going to get to the end of the book and there's going to be pages and pages of citations. But um, it's it just makes me sad. So a lot of it. It's very yeah. rough and it paints Kathy Hilton terribly. Big Kathy. No, little Kathy, too. Oh, OK. 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 Well, sold. Yeah, how she's basically <laughs> dumb. They, a lot of different people said she's like not the brightest. <laughs> they went out of their way to say that. And mm-hmm. how her she was very just obsessed with becoming famous, which I get. But then what happened once she got famous? Because she was, what, 1920? So I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like it's great to judge people as children. Right, right. It's now that she's an adult and she had four kids how is she now is more what i'm interested in right um but we can see evidence of that on paris's documentary (laughs) on youtube (laughs) i know i what's also really funny to me is that the hilton family overall doesn't seem to be like this family like the broader hilton family Mm -hmm. and the you know head figures in the family put most of their money into the Hilton Foundation, which Mm -hmm. funds a lot of incredible work globally and domestically on early childhood development. So I'm kind of like, oh, people like me are benefiting from the Hilton Foundation right now. I'm like, my work, (laughs) and it wasn't going to go to Kathy, which is what she wanted, all of it to go to them. That's so interesting. Yeah. There's going to be a book about that Hilton family quickly, especially when it comes to those sons. There's so (laughs) much there. It's, it's wild. It's, I I need, I need Beverly Hills to, to keep this going. Okay. uh, Heading over to West Hollywood, uh, or maybe just Valley Village. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What the fuck is happening with Lala and Randall? Ugh. I mean, do we care? Okay, great question. (laughs) Because I'm having a very hard um, time understanding why people are acting. And I I'm not calling anybody out. I'm not being shady. But I've just seen a lot of emotion in the breakup of this couple. And I'm just confused as to where and when we all got emotionally invested in Lala and Randall. That's my question. Um, Because this to me is like, yeah, duh. (laughs) Of course he did. (laughs) Like, so I'm very confused. But I mean, this breakup could not have happened. Better timing. 
in conjunction with this episode and Lala trying to preach to Sheena about how you need to watch for the history of the man because that could potentially be your future. And, you know, I understand that Randall had a past and I wouldn't put it past him to do something in the future, but I feel like very strongly that he wouldn't. And it's like, oh, sweetie. Wow. Bad timing. I mean, it's like Shakespearean. Truly. Truly. (laughs) (laughs) But I do you have you heard the rumors that maybe this is just fake to kind of drum up interest for her book because she did have book signings this week what do you think about that I totally think it could be I really I think I wouldn't put it past them I think they're really smart I feel like she also is someone that seems like she'd be one of the most difficult people to be in a relationship with because <laughs> when she pops off, she goes absolutely like scorched earth and she yeah. says and does things that she can't take back, but then she does. So I almost mm-hmm. feel like in a relationship between the two of them, he is the one that stays when he shouldn't. Yes, I I agree. I think that, yeah, it's, yeah she's very volatile she's very like act first and and you know talk about how you're the hbic later it's really never an apology but it's yeah it's just very interesting Uh, i mean (laughs) (laughs) so i think okay to answer your first question when people started to get invested if you've ever listened to even a partial episode of their podcast he is incredibly likable incredibly likable and charming in a very disarming way where you feel like you get who he is as a person okay because i've heard that about him not even on the podcast like people who have met him who said that he is like you expect him to be this sleazy slimy hollywood guy and he's like you said just very disarming very charming and i could see that i could see that (laughs) Yeah, I also feel like we don't have actual evidence. Like, did he actually go in a hotel room with these these people? Like, yeah. Do we know? I don't know. Or is it just like, oh, I don't like that the story is out there? Because I could see her getting mad that there's a story about him out there and that it embarrassed her more than him actually stepping out potentially. Totally. And I could definitely see in like a week we're starting we're going to start getting more instagram stories about them having never broken up and like we're stronger than ever and she's gonna post some picture of them with like oh three bonnie and clyde by jay-z and beyonce and (laughs) you know yes we're never gonna get an answer to the question you know (laughs) until next season on vanderpump rules (laughs) yeah exactly okay so (laughs) sheena's fiance brock lala clearly had a lot of thoughts about this Mm-hmm. Most of which I actually agreed with. Agreed. I know that you've shared your thoughts before on Brock and just hooking up with Australians in general. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to <laughs> explain that to to the listeners? <laughs> what the rule is? Learning <laughs> theory is for all of us American girls who are attracted to Australian men. You you take them. You have your fun. You drink with them. You have sex with them. You get your giggles and then you send them back from whence they came. This is just, I mean, it's not even like, this is fact. This is just like straight fact (laughs) that I'm putting on you guys. So take it, take it and run. You don't keep them. They're good time boys. 
Yeah, he definitely seems like a good time boy. He's absolutely a good time boy. And that's fine. Climb him like a tree. But get down and get back to reality, girl. So what I've heard from people who follow Sheena more closely and watch her YouTubes and whatever other stuff she puts out is that the Mm -hmm. way the story is being told about him is actually off. That he moved to the U.S. with his family, with his wife and two kids. And when they got (laughs) here, she didn't like it, took the kids and left. Right. Okay. So you've heard Um, that before. Yes. Okay, I I hadn't (laughs) until very recently. And it's very (laughs) confusing to watch this season because how it's talked about as if he left them in Australia and came to the U.S., which is a little bit different. Yeah, it it sounds like your typical immigrant story. Like, I'm going to, one of us is going to go, I'm going to establish, and then the idea is that I bring the rest of my family. That's how it's really kind of being presented. But then, right. Or, or even that he was just completely selfish and then just left and wanted a better life. But, you know, like I said on my podcast, he just wants to be in fitness, right? Like, how much better could his life be in America or in LA than it would have been in Australia? I don't really understand. <laughs> Like, what about his job would have benefited that much better from him being in L.A.? I don't know. I I was I mean, he's talking as if he is like coming from a low income country where there aren't job opportunities, you know, (laughs) but maybe he was trying to make it in rugby. But like, do we really play rugby here? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. None of it makes sense to me. Yeah, his career ambitions make no sense. But what does seem to be clear is that he is, uh, you know, much like Andrea from Winter House, just ready for prime time and that he's been waiting for this moment to get mic'd up. Yeah. I mean, but isn't that also perfect for Sheena? Because I feel like she needs someone Mm -hmm. who wants to be on camera with her because this is what she is this is who she is 200 percent. i have been saying that they're i mean make no mistake he's like a shitty guy but they're perfect for each other in the sense that like she wants she's corny you know like i love sheena but she's corny and she's gonna she needs and wants a guy who's going to do fitness challenges with her on tiktok and like lift her in the air and go to disneyland and wear mickey mouse ears together (laughs) and you know just like put everything on instagram stories like that's what she wants and that's what she deserves i love her I love her too she's the only bravo leb i've ever gotten advice from um yeah you mentioned that to me she's and, and she's lovely what an absolute doll yeah um okay do you think that katie should have a say in schwartz no. and sandy's <laughs> since her home is being used as collateral to get the loan from the bank no i don't okay i <laughs> I don't care. And I, it's not that I don't care, but like, I, there's a part of me that wants to like Katie. I just don't. I just don't. And she's just burned too many bridges with me and I don't trust her. Okay. That's just my truth. And it feels personal. And maybe it is. And maybe that's something that I need to unpack. But I just don't, like, to me, She and Sandoval don't like each other. So why not just off the strength of that, not try to insert yourself in a situation 
that really neither of the other two want her to be involved in, you know? Yeah. But also it's up to Schwartz to explain, hey, we have a certain dynamic, like we meaning me and Sandoval have a certain dynamic and you and Sandoval don't get along. So if this is something that you really want to do, you guys need to figure it out. Yeah, I like Katie. I just think I actually think she's probably one of the people that's been the most, I think, misunderstood potentially. Like she doesn't come across well on camera. And Mm -hmm. she doesn't come across likable when I think in real life she might actually be much more likable than some of the people that come across as likable on camera. Yeah, I've heard I've heard mixed things about her in real life. But yes, I've heard good things. And I've heard not so good things. But I have heard (laughs) good things. And let's just end it on that. (laughs) I think she would be a good friend, like an actual friend. Um, Yeah. And that she's shown and a good partner, likely. Um, but definitely, I don't know about to like strangers or people like me, you know, how she would behave. But um, I don't know. Would you change your mind if it wasn't Katie, if it was just any other person who was their home who was being used as collateral for a very <laughs> large bank loan have any say in how that money was being invested? Well, no. I mean, because we could okay. go right to Ariana for that. And when she had the conversation with Lisa, she was like, you know, I thought that I wanted to maybe have some involvement in Schwartz and Sandy's too, but... I also realized that that was their thing and that I should probably not involve it. So I just think, you know, just find another way. Why aren't we going to go daddy and just reinstalling our pucker and pout uh, thing? Like if you want to do something, do that, you know? Yeah. She definitely needs something of her own. I think she's floundering a bit. I think it would be great for her to have something truly on her own that is not attached to her husband i agree 100 percent for herself for her self-worth for something to do to feel yeah i 100 percent agree with that that is that is really smart okay speaking of husbands (laughs) going to salt lake dewey so we all saw this week that jenny and dewey in their marriage they when they got married they agreed to have a very large family and thus far, they have been pregnant, what, 12 times together? Yeah. It produced 13. four children, one of which yeah. died. Um, and, you know, she's had her tubes tied. She physically can't give birth again because you can only have a certain number of C-sections. Right. And he wants more kids and is pushing it and brought up on camera for the first time that potentially to have a sister wife and she looked floored. Do you think this is, I mean, I believe it's a real issue in their marriage, but do you think it's as big of an issue as is coming across on camera? Do you think they planned some of this? I mean, I hate to say, I hope so. (laughs) Right. Like either option is not great. Like you're either faking being a, horribly inattentive not even inattentive just like a inattentive but just like a a callous husband or you're doing this to continue a storyline and keep getting those bravo checks like neither are great neither are great but i guess i would rather exist in a world in which you guys were intentionally drumming up drama and you weren't traumatizing your wife with having another child knowing that she can't and doesn't want to 
I don't know what to think. Did you see that? Was it on TikTok? Her niece? Yeah. Posted something about how, oh, I've got, uh, my aunt is a housewife. I won't say which one. And then describes Jenny to a T and basically yeah. <laughs> says all this shit about them, how they're, they're fake, how they, um, sh- none of it made sense to me, what this, this teenager was saying. I also yeah. don't know if she understood. She's like, oh, they threatened to sue my parents and put them in jail. And I'm like, those are two different parts of the legal right. system. <laughs> And didn't she mention that they lived with her family at some right. point? She was doing a lot of weird tea. Um, yeah, I, I saw that it rubbed. I don't think a lot of people found that to be like juicy. I, it seemed like the general consensus was that it rubbed people the wrong way. Um, but yeah, that was very interesting. I I have a big question mark over that whole family now. Lots of question marks. But I feel for Jenny... Because that's it's just a disgusting thing for Dewey to have said, fake or not. And it's just fascinating, just from like a sociological standpoint or psychological standpoint, to watch someone with such clearly unresolved trauma mm-hmm. refuse to try and resolve it and is instead self-sabotage. And I think... We saw that with Kathy Hilton, right? She has unresolved trauma with her mother's death and probably a lot of things that her mother did (laughs) as Mm -hmm. they were growing up. And as a result, like she cannot process anything that is even slightly attached to her mom to the detriment of herself. And then to see Dewey, I mean, he clearly hasn't moved past this, the the death of his child. Not that you move past it, but he has he's trying to look for a solution that is hurtful to the rest of his family. Yeah. And it's very obvious that he's traumatized. Like it's very yeah. obvious that he's trying to rewrite some sort of history with this potential new child. And that's a lot. That's, that's really heavy. Um, I, yeah. it, And, you know, I always think about what Jenny said the first time this came up was that, you know, he's a physician. And so this makes it feel particularly cruel because he knows, you know, on a more in-depth level what it would take for her to have this baby. But so he's not actually a physician. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's in the, he works with bodies. So he's he a should chiropractor. Know. And, you know... I don't want to cast judgment over that because it's definitely a difficult thing to become and you have to go through a lot of school. But I found just like doctors, there are doctors that like to give it like medical doctors that like to give advice in subspecialties that isn't their own. Right. So Mm -hmm. like someone who isn't an endocrinologist trying to treat thyroid issue. I'm like, oh, I know enough about that. It's like, no, you actually you don't. Right. Sure. Um, Or an anesthesiologist trying to talk about, you know, I don't know, whatever. So I feel like sometimes there are chiropractors who try to give advice on things unrelated to spinal adjustments. (laughs) And he he seems like that kind of guy to be like, oh, I can tell by the way you move your left arm that you're allergic to peanuts. And, (laughs) you know, like, like just selling weird shit and not quite in tune so i don't know maybe maybe he's not but he's he yeah he he, i don't get the best vibe from him (laughs) i get the worst vibe for him from him and that's sad because i thought he was like kind of cute at first but you know 
Yeah. Ugh. Here we here we are. Okay. Why do you think Whitney is so bothered by Lisa? <laughs> I can't figure it out. I can't. I think I think first of all, Whitney is a lightweight and I think she gets strong and she gets very passionate. Um, not in a Jen Shaw way, but in a way that she just gets like emotional. Um, I also think that, yeah, I don't know why she's so upset with Lisa, but I'm happy to see it. It's very funny to me. Do you like Lisa Barlow? I find Lisa to be so confusing. Yeah. Like she kind of is like Gretchen Rossi to me in a way that she's so inside of herself that I don't think we'll ever get the real her, you know? And also Mm. Lisa's just like a strange, like I find her social media presence so strange (laughs) and entertaining. Um, Yeah. I, I, I'm confused by her. She is incredibly confusing because she comes across as very confident and sure Mm -hmm. of herself, but then how she behaves on social media where, you know, we've all seen these messages that she has shared privately with people where she, comments on like a tweet or an Instagram comment that someone says that's disparaging about her and is like trying to convince them otherwise. Like, why would you go after an individual that you don't know on social media and try to convince them of something different? Right. Why waste your time? Why waste your time? She's, she's very strange to me. The the beautiful thing about Salt Lake City is that all of them are weird. Every single one of them are They're weird. They're super weird. And everyone likes to point out Mary, but she's most obviously weird. But yeah, she yeah. says things that are very truthful that I think a lot of people can relate to, honestly. She she gets people and she gets relationships for sure. Her saying that what's going to happen when her son leaves the house because the only thing she's ever had in common with her mm-hmm. husband is their child yep. was so real (laughs) yeah i i I totally agree and and that's the part of the reason why i you know i understand the like religious church cult aspects of it all are horrible but i also give her a lot of grace because who the heck would want to be in a situation like mary's (laughs) and she didn't have a choice in it and she is you know stuck in this situation by a dead relative that has forced her to marry some guy that she was never going to love and was never going to love her back. And she was just going to have to be stuck with him, giving her short grain rice for the rest of her life. (laughs) (laughs) I watched that with a friend and my friend was like, why doesn't she just do the shopping and then he can make the food? Then they're no problem. And I'm like, I think their communication skills are so off with one another. They're like ships passing in the night. Oh, totally. I bet they barely have conversations. It's just her like staring at him, piddling around whatever room he's found himself in. But why would he want to stay in this marriage? Also, I don't understand. I mean, finances, I boredom i mean he's a man of a certain age and maybe he's just like what why bother you know i don't know (laughs) i don't know (laughs) when my dad when my mom died um people were like oh like you're you know totally going to be able to move on you've uh, got a full set of hair and you can drive at night (laughs) (laughs) that was 
was the thing. So I'm like, I don't know. Is there really of a certain age? If he can still drive at night, he's got it going with him. (laughs) (laughs) That is fair. Yeah. (laughs) That's the funniest thing anyone ever told my dad. Um, He was like, okay, (laughs) just buried my wife, but thanks. (laughs) Thank you so much. Still laughing at that. Um, Okay. uh, Any predictions for Mary the rest of the season? Because I feel like even with this cult thing, like, I don't quite know what's coming. I mean, what's coming is the feds for Jen. So I think Mary's really going to skate away pretty good. I'm wondering where in this season does the Mary stuff come with regard to the Jen stuff, because if it comes before, then I think she'll be okay. I truly don't know what to think because Heather Gay has basically said there are things that happen unrelated to Jen that are bigger uh, in terms of more explosive for the season, not bigger in terms of the law um, and more shocking. And I don't know how that could be possible. (laughs) And the only other person it could be about is Mary from what we've seen from the previews. Yeah. Okay. And I can't, and it's, this is not the first time. So she said this in a couple interviews and then most recently to the women from bitch sesh who went to Salt Lake city. So I'm like, all right. Like, I do think there is something that we are not expecting that is coming. I just don't know wow. what. Well, I hope it's not Catergate because that was not God. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stupidest thing ever. And those caterers are so thirsty. Like, why would you so go on camera if your whole thing is to get attention for the business? Well, it, it, nothing that they did. Was, and it was so obvious. And I, I appreciated Whitney for being like, no, we're not doing this. It, like, come on, you guys. Like, do you at least see how this might look to me? Like, and how orchestrated and choreographed this was, like, stop. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they pulled out of the event because of Lisa. That is ridiculous. But yeah, I'm very confused about that whole thing. But also, it's like a Lucy Lucy apple juice thing. Like, like it I, doesn't I don't matter. Care. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also found it really interesting that the Angie woman was like, we have a transgender child, but it's mm. not her child. It's his child. It's her yeah. stepchild. So it's just interesting how it was presented to us because then she didn't share any further information, um, which I think <laughs> is good. Like, it's clear that it's important for these children to have privacy, um, especially yeah. a transgender child in Utah with the current environment and all the state laws and let the state legislature go in after transgender kids with crazy mm-hmm. bills. But yeah. um it was just weird to me that she, it's almost like she wanted to use that as a storyline, but it's not really her story. Right. Angie is very strange. And I hope this is kind of the last week, the first and last that we saw of her. Cause I don't, I'm good with my girls. I'm good yeah. with our OG cast. Yeah. I a hundred percent. I've heard that she was like upset that Jenny was basically chosen to be on the show over her. Well, and because she had like some QAnon stuff, right? No, this was a different person that had QAnon. Oh, yeah, that person's okay. like long gone. Like Bravo, cut I know almost there was all a girl footage. from season one. But yeah, I heard there was another one. Okay, so oh. it was not. Angie. I don't yeah. think it's Angie. I don't okay. think, 
I mean, that girl went so crazy with QAnon from last season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, and there are people who like dance around. Emily Simpson d- is way closer to the QAnon than probably anyone else based on mm. who she follows on Instagram. Right. Um, but I think Bravo's done a pretty good job of like not wanting a full fledged conspiracy theorist. I mean, they got rid of Monique, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something that we don't talk about enough, but yeah. <laughs> I my only problem with Monique is that she peddles like both pseudoscience and like flat right. out crazy conspiracy right. theories. <laughs> like that, she's <laughs> other than that, she's beautiful. I love that she has four homes. Her kids are gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um okay, let's actually go to Potomac to wrap it up. Um, Do you think that Giselle and Robin were being reasonable or unreasonable in moving to a hotel because of what room they got and the bathroom situation? Um, I mean, if you guys want to put up the money to do that, fine. They're... And I really will put it more on Giselle. Giselle's continuous complaining about an accommodation that she turned down and did not tell anybody that she was going to arrive at until she showed up is completely unreasonable. And I understand that you have a boot, but you didn't tell anybody that you were coming. So people could have adjusted accordingly to her disability if you will so i i call bs on that like go then go on to the marriott if you need to go so bad yeah i i think i agree with you on that i understood robin much more having a really painful and uncomfortable period Um, yeah (laughs) that (laughs) as someone who's had that and as someone who's also been in a boot (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) i would say which one's worse (laughs) okay here's a question i've been really wanting to get your thoughts on like because i know you've shared this before but like what what's the deal with wendy (laughs) (laughs) i can't really make heads or tails of her either right not in a bad way i just think it's like we're getting like 40 percent performance out of her and 60 percent real or real enough wendy and I do just like 35% of that 40% to go away. We don't need the theatrics. I don't need Zen Wen. I don't need TikTok Mia. I don't need the screaming. Wendy is good on her own. And I just need her to know that. You're enough. You're enough, Wendy. Right, Wendy, if you're listening. <laughs> I, see, for me, I really liked her last season. And yeah. what's hard for me is... It seems like she watched herself and decided she didn't like that version. And so she Mm -hmm. was going to cook up a new, better version of herself for season two. And that makes me sad because it seems, one, less authentic. Like, you saw yourself on TV, and not only are you trying to change yourself physically, but you're trying to change your behavior. Um, Mm -hmm. At least that's how I view it. Her behavior seems different. Yeah. and I don't know, I just really liked her. So I don't want her to be so concerned. I also don't think housewives that are so concerned with how they come across are good for the show in the long run. Because totally. they get too wrapped up. They care too much what people think. Yep, she cares too much. She took too many notes from social media. And yeah, I, I need like a recalibration. If if Wendy can get it right and and hear us now, I think season three is going to be a really good season for her. 
It'll be like her Goldilocks season. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> totally. what she needs, you know? She like was a little yep. off on one, a little off on the other, but I feel like she could get just right. Um, yes. Okay, the Mia versus Candace of it all. And just, it's been so nasty up until mm-hmm. this week. And we finally got to see them talk through how they're feeling. Mia really got to share her experience a little bit with her mother and her, we've got a little more background on her mom's timeline also mm-hmm. of, yeah. you know, you know, sobriety or, or drug free or whatever you want to call it. Um, how do you feel each of them handled the argument up until this conversation? Um, poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Candace handled it poorly. I think Mia had some, um, a lot more uh, depth to her and, and nuance to her. Mia is somebody who caves very quickly and that's not a bad thing. Like she will say something bombastic. And then as soon as somebody comes to her, she'll be like, okay, yeah. Like she gets it. And I think there was a point where she understood Candace and so she was able to approach Candace in a way that Candace, I guess, needs to be approached. And I'm using air quotes in that because Candace also needs to understand that not everybody's going to be as understanding as Mia was. Because if you had said that about my mom, you know, this would have been another situation like Monique. And it would have been worse. So she, I think um, she got really lucky to have Mia handle it the way she did because not other people, not people aren't going to be as kind to her. And that's something that Candace needs to realize. Like not everybody's going to, you're not going to be able to like talk shit about everybody's mama and they're not going to come back to you with kindness, you know? Yeah. I feel like, there's certain housewives tropes that frustrate me. And one of them is, I've talked about this a lot, which is like a juvenile sense of what friendship is. Like friendship Mm -hmm. is you stick up for your friend, no matter what, you can never correct them on anything, could never tell them the truth. You, you know, that whole thing, like the ride or die. Yes, Uh that bothers me so much because I don't, I believe that's like what a friend is when you're five. Like, anyways, yeah. the other one is, if you come at me, I get to go back at you however low or nasty I feel is appropriate. Mm-hmm. And that is also like a juvenile like sense of like how one argues. And totally. it Can, is, yes, it's absolutely. super weird to me that if you have a perceived slight that you think it's appropriate or or it's just how you've learned to argue is that mm-hmm. you go for the lowest thing you can. And Kelly Dodd was someone who yes. did this. And, it, yeah. and it's frightening to watch, truly. It, it really is. Yeah, it seems like Candace thinks that when anybody gives her the slightest uh, diss or whatever, she has carte blanche to just go ham on them. And... You would think that Monique would have humbled her a little bit, but apparently that has not happened. So I, she's got a lot of growing up to do and I hope she does it quickly because it seems like she's almost there. But like I said, like 
Mia, she got lucky with Mia because Mia really broke it down to her in a way that like she didn't have to, you know, um, she could have just stayed mad at her. And really, like when you weigh the calling your music video low budget to calling your mom with sobriety issues, low budget, you know, Candace, I can't. You know, I can't back you up on this. It's really confusing to me, like how she, this is another thing I've noticed, like, so I, I like Candace, like full disclosure, I like her. I think she was mm-hmm. totally at, not in the full right with what happened with Monique, but I don't think it's ever appropriate to use physical violence. And yeah. so, you know, for me, that's like, no matter what someone says to you, you don't respond with violence, you can't. Um, but I also think no matter what someone says to you doesn't mean that you also get to say no matter what you whatever you want. Like, yeah. that's also not a helpful or healthy or uh, appropriate response. Um, and so she's just, she's, she's, a t- just- she's a tough one. And <laughs> I've noticed like her and Escala are close and they did some sort of like Instagram live that I got a few snippets of and they were talking of some things that I was like, Ooh, guys, like I understand what you're coming from, but they were talking about Escala's name and how people purposefully make fun of her name and and pronounce it incorrectly and how that's traumatic for her. And it's xenophobic. And I agree. Like, yeah, it, it is, but, as someone who also has an ethnic last name, uh, Slutsker, it's literally spelled slut. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to middle school too. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say that that is trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you're talking about Mia, who has what is diagnosable trauma. Right. So yeah. I, I just I'm just like, do we have to use the word trauma for everything? Like, is there a way you can yeah. say that this is xenophobic and really shitty? And would you also stick up when people make fun of Dorit's name? Because that's an Israeli yeah. name. And I think it's nasty when people make fun of that name. I know people with that name. And I'm sorry that you don't, you know, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. There's that they can make fun of Dorit's name. And I guess it's because she's white, you know, but it's not appropriate. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I guess it's you. also not traumatic. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm not gonna go around. And I don't think Dorit would be like, it's traumatic when you make fun of my name. I, I like Escala, but I felt like when in, they were con- talking about this in the context of Mia, and, and, and that bothered me, because I was like, there's yeah. a difference between a child who was burned and neglected and taken from her family. <laughs> okay, yes. her mother had gone to jail, all of these things. There was a difference between that and what you guys are talking about. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know. I feel like they're trying to drum up all of this stuff ahead of the reunion. And I'm very excited for the reunion. Um, final question. Uh, how do you think Bravo handled the Nicki Minaj of it all? And how would you have handled that if you were in charge? I would have been like, thank you, but no, thank you. (laughs) Um, I think that they're probably banking on the fact that most, well, I don't know, because it's Potomac. I could say if this was like Beverly Hills or, you know, let's be real, like a white 
housewives cast that maybe that they would be banking on the fact that the general consensus or the general demographic of people who watch it didn't know what happened with Nikki in the weeks after her uh, expressing her desire to be on the reunion. Um, But most black people do. And so I am just like very confused as to why they decided to continue with having her on. I, I mean, I get it from like a, you know, uh, this has never happened before. Oh my God. She's a pop queen. This is going to be a ratings boom. And I mean, obviously that's what it is. Like it's just ratings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, it's interesting because the women of Potomac who've been asked about it have said how great it was to meet her, how honored yeah. they were. All yeah. of them that have been asked yeah. have said that. And I find that yeah. odd. I do. And to be clear, my issue or my concern has nothing to do with her talking about her friends, cousins, friends, testicles and the vaccine. It's it's about her husband and and the treatment of the the victim. And and her, what she did, the actions she because I don't think it's appropriate to blame someone for the what what their spouse has done. Um, Sure. But for what she's done since in harassing the victim. Who is in, also in recent real time? Yeah, yeah. It's horrific. Oh my god! And I, I didn't know about it. It took me like I, I don't know how I found this out. It wasn't like it, people aren't spending a lot of time talking about it. They're not. They're not. Well, she she went on the real, and I think so. That's, that's when I went deep. Yeah, on that. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dark, super dark. It would not have been a, a decision I would have gone on to make, but I would be curious to know. Who was in the room when they made that final decision? Or did did it even factor in as to what she's been up to recently? I'd be very curious about that. Yeah, it's it's just shocking to me because it's like it's all out there. And people just either are purposefully not paying attention or decided it doesn't rise to the level of needing to not have this person be associated with them or the network. Correct. And honestly, like if I'm thinking like an executive, I would think I would imagine if you're looking to the future, it's probably going to be because what the finale is on Halloween. So I would imagine in an executive brain, they're thinking, okay, well, two months from now, people aren't really going to be thinking about what Nikki did, you know, now. And they're not going to boycott watching the reunion they're gonna watch it so let's just do it you know yeah yeah oh my gosh i mean i'm still gonna watch right so that tells you all you need (laughs) i just felt like the last 10 minutes railing against a terrible thing in this (laughs) i have no moral compass nothing can keep me from these women (laughs) (laughs) that's the truth i'm gonna be sitting right in front of my television watching every every single moment and keeping notes and yeah yeah (laughs) just i mean i have like no standards though i even watched the the last season of the real housewives of the oc well i mean i i don't know that's another story for another day babe yeah (laughs) i didn't devote a lot of time thinking about it but i what i was very curious how they were going to handle covid and it was Mm. very interesting to me to see uh, someone from the cast get sick and have to be in the hospital and watch that play out. Truly. It was, um, Mm -hmm. you know, 
and then to see how they've reacted in since mm-hmm. <laughs> related to COVID is just so shocking. <laughs> so Wild, shocking. right? That that's Wild. what is keeping my attention. I I started for Bronwyn and her watching someone get sober on TV, and what mm-hmm. does that actually look like? Um. And, and that was also not fun to watch. None of it was fun. So not any of it was fun. Not any of it was fun. And I'm watching it being like, why am I still watching this? But I like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I, I didn't, I I don't give up when, when the ship sinks, I, I sink with the ship. (laughs) I I'm usually a completionist, but this one I had to tap out in Dallas, but I'm hopping right back into orange County. Now that Heather's back, I'm, I'm just going to pretend like last season didn't happen and just move along. I'm super interested in anything about Heather DeBrow. I find it fascinating. I want to see her house. I'm super excited to see her and Gina be friendly. And like, what's that Mm -hmm. dynamic like? I'm very interested um, in that. Yeah, I wasn't so interested in last season. But it was like, okay, it's COVID. Like, how much? (laughs) Am I asking for too much? I don't know. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Yeah, I'm totally with you. And uh, Heather was on... You know that week where they did that series of like Bravo chat room, they had like different housewives on? Yeah. Um, she was on it and she was great. She is, she, I didn't realize what a star she was mm-hmm. until she was gone. She's great for television. She really she, is. She really is. I'm also super interested in what I think is going to be some of the other housewives going after Terry Dubrow's business. And how he is as a surgeon. Ooh. I've heard that. Um, oh. And some people saying he's not a very good surgeon or he's actually yeah. had botched surgeries despite being on botched. Right. <laughs> um, so I think that's going to be really interesting because I'm wondering, is that actually true? Does every plastic surgeon have some disgruntled people? Or is this kind of an open secret that they all knew but now is coming out? Because that's what I've heard is that he's had a series of, of um, unhappy customers, so to speak. Ooh. So oh, I'm very excited if that's going to be brought up. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay. This is... <laughs> I'm so excited now. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining, Kara. Tell everyone where they can find you about your podcast, about your Patreon... All that jazz. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I have a podcast called Everyone's Business But Mine, and you can find that everywhere. Um, and yeah, my Patreon right now, I'm talking about the HBO Max uh, docuseries, What Happened, Brittany Murphy. So you can check that out. I just recapped part one. And uh, you can find that at patreon.com slash EBBM podcasts. EBBM, Everyone's Business But Mine. Correct. Thank you so much. And we will have to chat soon. Yes, this was great. 